0: The win streak for the Phoenix Suns now sits at four games. Yes, 4-0 on their homestand as they obliterate the Charlotte Hornets on Tuesday night, winning 128-97. They're up by 30 points in the first half pretty easily. The lead shrinks all the way down to single digits. But Matthew, it's fair to say, as cliche as it may sound, the Phoenix Suns stung the Charlotte Hornets tonight.
1: Ha <laughs> ha, yeah! Yeah! Woo, way to sell it, dude. You got to sell this kind of game. Uh, <laughs> a must win for the Suns against this team that is kind of depleted. And also, they suck. So uh, <laughs> this is a must win. for You got to win
0: these games, right? You got to win these games.
1: Yeah, you have to win these games. And you got to kill them. You got to shoot the threes lights out like they did tonight and just run them off the court. It came back a little bit, but the Suns, they handled it.
0: They're First back, time baby. since January 4th that the Suns are over 500. So it's been only 20 days since the Suns were over 500. Matthew, did it feel like longer?
1: Yes. it's
0: <laughs> It did, it didn't seemed, it?
1: It seemed like a different team not too long ago. You know, blow it up. uh Let's tank. Let's do all the above. And now we're just back in it, just like that. That's the way this season has gone in the NBA. So he's going to hold tight. And these guys are coming back and they're shooting lights out when they come back. And some guys missing DeAndre Aiden but it doesn't matter right now, right? I mean this team is just flowing and when Booker comes back and Aiden comes back, I like the way they look.
0: I like their chances. I do too. You know, I think that these are unbelievably vital wins. Again, having to play against the Charlotte Hornets, a team that entered with 13 wins and I believe 35 losses. You just you want to see quality performances. You you want to win that game obviously because you don't win that game the, the fan base burns the franchise to the ground, potentially. <laughs> yeah, they, they they really do. But you want to see some quality performances. And we saw some quality performance. We saw some building block performances. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we appreciate it if you're hanging out with us live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. If you happen to be on the tube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Please subscribe as well. Hit that little notification mm-hmm. button. lets you know whenever we go live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game. If you're listening to the podcast. Go ahead, give us a five star review. If you're hanging out on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review like Pax Finch did. Pax Finch, Pax Finch. They gave us a five star review. They said, awesome podcast. Been listening for about three years now. Really enjoy the podcast. Don't even use Apple Podcasts, but wanted to show gratitude. God bless. Pack and fish. That's what I'm talking about right there. Not everybody listens to podcasts on Apple Podcasts. If you hot you head on there and you give us a five-star review, we appreciate it. Let's everybody know. way to go out of your way. You know, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's dedication. Three, three years. Three wow. years. Do I sound a little off tonight? I'm I definitely have a head cold going on. Can Are you, you hear sick?
1: it? Did you have too much corn?
0: I probably did. It's probably <laughs> it probably from the weekend. All it's all that corn had I had the weekend, the weekend. yeah. <laughs> no, I have like yeah. a, a savage head cold. I actually stayed home from work today, which is like a very, Holy very shit. rare yeah. thing for me to do. So
1: You sound awesome, though.
0: Okay. I got that deep, raspy, smelly cat. Smelly cat. Mm-hmm. Who, cat. who is this girl? <laughs>
1: Ooh.
0: I sat around and watched Friends today. Uh, well, let's let's pop them if we got them, Suns fans. Obviously, because I'm sick, I'm going to drink this ice-cold NyQuil. I'll pop this bad boy open. I'll be asleep. Found it. By the end of the podcast, (laughs) let's talk about another son's victory four in a row, baby. They win one twenty-eight to 97. That's right. They hold the horny Hornets under 100 <laughs> points. Uh, again, it got kind of close there. the suns. They were up, what, 36 to 15 after the first. Then they they give up a 32 to 22 second quarter, but outscore them 40 to 30 in the third 30 to 20 in the fourth. Horny Hornets only scored 97. But my first question has something else to talk about when it comes to them Hornets that are ever so horny. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Do you feel bad for anybody who purchased a LaMelo Ball jersey prior to this season? I'm watching the pregame show. Again, I'm I'm home from work, so I actually watched the entire pregame show. There's a couple horny Hornets fans hanging out behind TC and and Ray or and Tom Leander there. <laughs> yeah. And I see a kid and he's he's rocking the LaMelo Ball 2 jersey. But LaMelo Ball, at the beginning of the season, changed his jersey number to one. What a dick oh, what a yeah, move.
1: That is like the original, right? It's like having the rookie card in a way. I it guess. is kind of vintage in a way. I mean, if he's going to turn out to be a pretty good player, someone will pull out the jersey and be like, oh, look at my LaMelo Ball jersey. And the guys are going to be like, or girls are going to be like, what? It's a different number. But this is what he, he started, started with. Like, oh, is that that's awesome. So he's always wanted to be one, two. Like, True. It, so I would have held out a little bit. I just know coming into the league, like he wanted that number. I'm not sure a whole lot of people knew that, but I did hear about that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, port, the guy can do what I did with my Sarge Jersey or my Josh Jackson Jersey. You can tape over it, tape over the big three and just put that one. <laughs> just write a big one on it. We're
0: I guess good. so. I guess so. I mean, it reminds me you go back and you got to remember when LaMelo ball came into the league, Malik monk was on the team and Malik monk rocked number one. And so he's like, you know, I'll, I'll wear number two and you know, Malik monk left the following season and he stayed at number two. And And this year he decided to change it. And he's been injury prone ever yeah. since. And it, it just, it takes me back. Remember when Amari changed from 32 to one. Yeah. You know, yeah. B1, C1, or whatever his reasoning was for it. You know, Stat1, one, Brat1, one, Bratwurst1. One. Yeah, his I don't foundation
1: or his, his charity or whatever he had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I remember, and I still have an Amari Stoudemire jersey, and it's number 32. You so. have one. I, oh, does. I, have one. Okay. Yeah, I have Steve Nash. I have a Marion and, and I have a Demar Stoudemire 32. Nice. It's actually it's orange and my cousin sent it to me probably about two years ago. So it's very nice. It's one of those orange crushed jerseys that are bleh, but I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I, I just thought I just want to get your thoughts on that. I saw that kid wearing that, that number two jersey and I was just like, you know what? That kind of sucks for that kid. But
1: that is a bummer, man. I don't know. Oh, well, I'll tell you a, what wasn't a bummer
0: tonight. More. I'll tell you what, it wasn't a bummer tonight. The Sarich Smoke Break. It is always with joy and appreciation that we can start off a podcast, and the first drop is big cigarette butt Dario Saric, who has been playing fantastic. He had 14 points against the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday. He comes in tonight, coming off the bench this time, Plays a total of 24 minutes, is 6 of 9 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 19 points for Super Dario, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. It's why I'm rocking my Super Dario shirt. You see that? The Super Dario brother shirt right here. I thought I, I ran to my closet real quick. I'm like, dust the cobwebs off of it. it had some <laughs> cigarette, cigarette butt stains on it, some ashes and such. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm rocking the Dario tonight because he rocked it for the Suns. He's been playing better. Um,
1: his passes were ridiculous tonight. Those passes were insanely placed by um by Sarich, and a lot of them were going to Landale. Those two working together. Yeah, it's something fun to watch. I don't know if they played together in a while. I remember beginning of the season, they were a few minutes here or there, and I liked it. And I was just like, those guys are in there to kick ass and It wasn't pretty because we weren't winning games, but now it's like this game, of course they're going to dominate this Hornets team. But I don't know if it's a lot of just the defender, just not knowing what Dario can do. Dario can still surprise you. That might be it. And I I think he got away with a lot of passes tonight where defenders might have been like, what the fuck did that? He's not going to do it again. Oh, wait, he did it again. He's not going (laughs) to do it again. He did it three or four times tonight. Landell was a big uh, recipient of those. And, he missed an easier layup uh, on one of them, but, but of course. he made up for it. But then, dude, Saric, if he can – he's not going to always play like this, but I did see that he's been working up to kind of not the way – maybe not as good as he was on that playoff, the championship run, but he's been pretty decent, man. He hasn't been out of control. I think the way that he can play with LeFlandale is perfect, and he just needs to play with a bunch of ball players that know what they're doing. And he's super slow, but he just – he can place the ball where he wants it sometimes, and I think it ca- it catches the defenses by surprise a lot of the times. And now the defenses are going to have to watch film on Saric. Sorry, Isn't that sorry, fantastic? the opposing defenses. They're like, oh, let's sit down. All right, where do you think you're going? You're going to go eat? Nope, sit down. We're watching film on Saric for next game. We got game.
0: five more minutes. We got to watch the Great Connector, Dario Saric. <laughs> yes, so they're like, yeah, like you serious? But when it comes to Dario Saric, you're right. I mean, he possesses those fundamental skills that are just Vital to the success of a basketball team. You have to have a fundamentally fundamentally sound player. One of my favorite moments of the game is he's bringing the ball up court, and it's right when Eddie Johnson was just, like, singing his praise. He's like, some of the passes that he's had tonight, and he just, like, threw it right into one of the Hornets' legs, and it bounced off. It was, it's like a pinball machine. It was a turnover. I'm like, ah, oh, of all the times that they pointed this out. Those are you my know, favorite but, plays, though. But that's a Sarge play. Like, that's a Sarge play. <laughs> yeah. You know, he also had the three assists in this game. He had one block as well. And you're right the fact that he's playing at the level in which he's playing right now is something that obviously benefits this team, considering that they're hampered Deandre Ayton missing time is it's interesting have he's missed some time and the Suns are on a winning streak, but that's a, maybe a different conversation for maybe a different part of the podcast. But Dario Saric, again, one thing that I appreciate about this is, is he's upping his value because the trade deadline's right around the corner. And Dario Sarge potentially could be one of those players who will end up in a transaction. You take a look at his contract. I believe it's $9 million a year. So it's like, okay, if if he's getting paid $9 million a year and it expires next season, that's somebody that you can put together in a contract, you know, utilizing the euphemism of him being a connector. It's a connector contract. You take that plus Jay Crowder, you could probably get something for him. Now, I don't know if that'll necessarily happen, but again, when he comes out and he's showing his health and he's showing that he can be effective, it's not pretty, but he can be effective, it does up his value. Now, that's not the joy I get in watching Dario Sarge. I'm not sitting there watching like, yes, now he's tradable. I'm more just like, fuck yeah, dude. It's nice to see Dario Sarge back because Dario Sarge getting minutes, it's like like going to a comedy show and just – enjoying the, the, the vibe of a comedy show because you have this beautiful artistic game that is basketball. And then you got, you know, it, it's like somebody stand on stage and they're just nailing joke after joke. But like Dario is the first comedian who comes out and just like some of the jokes just don't land. and It's just awkward for everybody. That's how it is watching Dario. It's like sometimes it's beautiful. Some of the passes we saw tonight were beautiful. And sometimes it's awkward for everybody.
1: Yeah, and I don't know who is who's another coach that might be a bigger fan than Monty Williams? Like who, who's another coach that loves a guy like Sarich more than Monty. You know what I mean? Cause oh, oh, I don't know. Chris Paul, did you see the interview after the game? Mm-hmm. um, Maybe it was post game, whatever. I never know when these interviews are. I always have a hard time.
0: I think it's after a practice, but he's talking <laughs> yeah, about Dario. He's right? talking
1: about Dario's in the gym, 10 o'clock. Chris Paul's going in to get work and who's there. Dario always working, right? It doesn't look like it obviously, but he has to, he has to get in that extra time. This team loves him so much. Um, I don't like to read too much from one game, but he's been playing better. And I, I do think about the trading, the trade, and it just, if he's evolved into trade, it has to be something good. He's going to mm-hmm. be like that third piece, right? The second piece, maybe. It has to be a good return because I think a lot of fans love Dario, but then a lot of fans have hard times with him. And we just, sometimes we overrate him. Sometimes we just, we talk about him too much. You know, just thinking that he might be the connector in certain situations in the game but then he just fucks up and you're like dude why is he in the game so it's a tough yeah. situation so if he is traded it just has to be somebody good and they might have something you know coming who knows but right now i'm just gonna enjoy this ride with them <laughs> until
0: a hundred percent and the other side of that is you know he's not the center point of a trade but he is a nice throw in he's a nice he sweetener is. if you will because of the the reasons that we mentioned he provides a veteran presence he is somebody who Uh, is fundamentally sound. He's somebody who can put the work in. He's somebody who will show your young team because if they send him to a young team, you know, this, this is how you do it. This is how you approach the game. To Chris Paul's interview point, when he shows up at the gym, it's Dario Saric that is there first and is putting in the work. And I think that that's something that price for value paid with the performances that we've seen of late is vital to his value on the trade market. You look at Dario in the last eight games played. the 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 team's four and four. He's had he's averaged nine points, fifty four percent, excuse me, fifty four percent from the field, forty two percent from beyond the arc, and uh, five rebounds and three assists. So in the past eight games, we're starting to see more of Dario. He's averaging nine, five, and three. That's exactly what you need. That's that's sellable. That's sellable to another franchise. Prior to that, if you look at all of his games prior to that. You know, knowing that he didn't play for quite a many games with injury. But he, he wasn't playing nearly as well. He wasn't putting t- together those kind of stat lines of that 9, 5, and 3. He was actually averaging, in his first 21 games, he was averaging 3.8 points. He was averaging 2.7 rebounds. He was averaging 1 assist. So we have definitely see the upward trend of Dario simply playing like Dario again.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude. And what's so fun is we get to enjoy this and we might have him for the long run, but I really do think he's on like the verge of just being the guy that it's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. I think he kind of knows like what he does wrong on the court now, but a lot of it I think has to do with movement from other guys. I really do. I think if the ball's moving, like it has been when you have Aiden playing plan as a fourth or fifth option on the offensive end mm-hmm. and you guys are just moving the ball around, he fits perfectly. He he really does. It, if it's stale, if it's stale and the ball stops, then we have issues with them. But right now, I just think when the ball's moving like this, he's such a key factor of it.
0: He really is. He really is. Low Suns asked a good question. Once everyone's healthy, is Dario getting minutes, Matthew? That's tough. I think so. And for one
1: reason, that would be just for the fouls. I think that Jock and Biombo are just, they can average five or six fouls a they're, game. They're foul machines. They, they are, especially Jock. He's still learning a lot um, this season, I feel like, just playing a lot more minutes on a meaningful team. So his fouls are going to be an issue. And I think, what Sarge can bring. It's just that those extra minutes just to waste some time. I think, and if he's playing alongside jock or alongside Aiden, I think it'll be good just depending how Aiden feeds off of him, but it's looked good at times.
0: I think that he'll get minutes when the matchups are right. We know what Monty does. He'll sit there and he'll look at some matchups and he'll go, you know what? Aiden when healthy is my first option. And then I'm going to go to Bismack because I feel like we mm-hmm. need length on the interior. If it's a team where we feel like we can really do a good job exploiting their perimeter defense, and Charlotte's one of those teams, Dario will get it because Dario can shoot the three and he can also pass. And it's one of those statistics that was very it – was, it was beautiful tonight. The Suns made 47 of their 94 shots. On those 47 shots, they had a total of 38 assists. So to your point, when the, when the team's whipping the ball around, that's when Dario Sarge thrives. Now, again, he only gets three assists, but it would be interesting to see what his hockey assists were in those – those 21 minutes yeah. that he played. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about another guy who just, I mean, he was literally set the tone tonight, and that's your boy, Cam Johnson. lights, Cameron, action. Johnson tonight, absolutely fantastic. He actually outscored the Charlotte Hornets in the first quarter. He's had 16 points, perfect shooting in the first, 16 points. The Charlotte Hornets only had 15. But on the night, he ends with a total of 24 points on 9 of 11 shooting. He was 6 of 7 from beyond the arc. You throw in three rebounds. You throw in three assists. You throw in a dunk where he lands straight on his ass. And you throw an elbow into his face so he looks like Will Smith in the movie Hitch. And it was <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, he looked a little bit more like a housewife. I was like, what, did he get plastic surgery?
1: Because I was kind of, I was doing a little bit of stuff on the computer when I was watching, and I didn't see the hit. And then all of a sudden, like, I saw him talking to the ref. I'm like, what? You know, I, I heard he got hit in the mouth. EJ said it. But I'm like, dude, he looks like he just got injections on his yes. list. Like, he looks yes. good. He's ready to get, like, married to some young rapper or something. I don't know. He he looked fucking awesome. Uh, tonight, though, you just saw that the shooting is ridiculous at times. but." He can he can get to like the painted area. He can get up his jump shot. Mikhail's been doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. And Cam Johnson, he's been doing that. But just you want to continue to see him to do that. And I can't even say continue to see because he's only been back for such a short time. But it's good to remember, like, hey, he can still hit that midi. He passed up on one two, and I think he passed it to Biombo. Or I think it was I, Mikhail. I for the love three. that though. That he passed it up from the mid range or what? Yeah,
0: I I just thought, I thought it was a smart move. I know exactly what ta- what, what. Oh, do you? Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, just
1: shoot that man because he just seems automatic. I think Mikhail's a guy's getting into his spots now, and I think Cam's really learning that now. And I think it's been limited time, and I didn't think he was going to be this good this quickly. People didn't expect all this help from just Cameron Johnson, but you can see like he can get you that lead. You don't really have another guy to like hold it off as much. Like you can tell when the Suns kind of get tired. And they just need that Booker to come in and help. But, I mean, Cameron Johnson can extend that lead. He can get hot. He's serious. He doesn't joke around. Like, he's just, like, serious business. Like, after he was 4 for 4 he's just like, yeah. Like, what's up? Like, he's he's awesome to watch because he doesn't celebrate still. He still yeah. never celebrates, and that's what I love most about him. Yes. I love these guys to celebrate. It's, it's a difficult job. But when you're just – you haven't won the game, you haven't won anything yet, and you know what the Suns fans want, and it's a championship kind of, you know what I mean? We're just kind of like yeah a regular season but we expect more and that's what I feel like he thinks when he's like cruising now he's just like uh well, yeah this is this is old news to me
0: this is what I do mm-hmm. when we talk we talk so much about what do the Phoenix Suns need as we look in the 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 trade market as as we look at the buyout market that's eventually going to be the next topic of conversation post February 9th is what do the suns need and one of those things is a secondary, shot creator and score next to Devin Booker. Guess what, Suns fans? We might have one in Cameron Johnson. Like, he's great at the catch and shoot, but he also has the ability to put the ball on the floor. He can get to the rim. He can pull up and he hit the midi. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is starting to show aspects of that in his game as well. And while it's definitely still a need of ours, I like what we're seeing from Cameron Johnson since he's returned. The team is undefeated since he returned. That's, that's just a, a check mark right there. And what we saw tonight is what we missed during that stretch where the Suns lost 12 of 14 games. The Suns would start the game, and they just they couldn't keep up with the opposition. And they would miss shots, and they didn't have a shot creator. Devin Booker's out. They're struggling to, to make anything. And Cameron Johnson was that calming presence tonight. He was the one who came out. He hit, what, 14 of the Suns' first 16 points. He was 4 of 4 from beyond the arc, and then he, then he had an opportunity to go 5 for 5. And he dribbled to the mid range and hit that one because the Charlotte Hornets go, "Hey, I'm not going to let this guy make another three on me." So, knowing that you have that talent there, and knowing that you have, you got to pay this guy right. Like that's going to be the next question as as we, yeah, you know, I mean, they're going to have to figure okay, that babe. out. Yeah, I hope it's by us. Got unless he
1: gets unless he gets traded, man. Unless he's, oh, shit. I'm just saying, you know what I mean. If it's a big name out there, I mean, what are uh Rui he, Rui Hachimura. He just he just got traded to the Lakers. A lot of fans wanted him, but yeah, you we'll know that James Jones, yeah, you know that they're they just said they have something else probably. But Kyle I Kuzma. love Cam Johnson a lot. But if it's for somebody that no, I would have Cam over Kyle Kuzma for sure. Really? Yeah, if it was if it was straight up. I would maybe take Kyle, but if it's like Cam, and then you're gonna throw some other stuff in it, I would like and Jay Crowder like, oh, that's fucking sucks. So <laughs> I just, I you know, I love Cam. It's just the injuries, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, I would just trade him for Kyle.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, it wouldn't be straight up. Um, you'd have to throw another asset oh, yeah. in, okay. because I, yeah, because I think he's 13 mil. Um, but it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation. Cameron Johnson mm-hmm. and an asset. For Kyle Kuzma, I, I, I might say yes to that. As much as I love seeing Cameron Johnson back, to your point, injury prone, you know, this could be an opportunity to maximize on the asset. These are the things that James Jones has to think about right now. These are the things that we wonder if he thinks at all. He doesn't do anything, which I'll talk Kuzma
1: about. Kuzma is better than Cam for sure. He is, man. He's he's he a is. level above him, uh, maybe a couple levels. He's bigger. It's he just we're that. talking about the potential. But Kuzma right now is he's a guy you good. want on a championship team
0: he's good he's good yeah you know and and it comes down to the the question after trading rui hachimura which makes sense for the wizards in my opinion uh and i don't know why they they did the trade that they did they bailed out the lakers again the lakers always somehow dude but it's always
1: any team but the suns
0: (laughs) well that might come that that, that'll come to one of my questions about james jones here in a little bit because it comes at like at the expense I, i think of james jones and maybe we can have that conversation right now because uh, why not? You know, James Jones, I, I tweeted something out today relative to James Jones because after the Rui Hachimura trade, uh, there was rumors that the Suns were, had an opportunity, if you will, to have a three-game, or a, a, I'm sorry, a three-team transaction, including Dre Crowder, the, and it could have had something to do with the Wizards. We don't know exactly what the asset is, but we knew that in time, uh, and once upon a time that Rui Hachimura was rumored to be an asset that the Phoenix Suns were linked to but they wanted just a little bit more than Washington was willing to give up you take a look at what what they gave up ultimately they give up Rui Hachimura they get back two second round picks and Kendrick Nunn right the the Suns you know, it, it comes – I'll ask you this question. I go I, – I, I tweeted this out today. Is it wrong to think that perhaps James Jones simply sucks at closing trade deals? <laughs> I saw that, yeah. You know, because um. it's like, you know, when, when you work in sales, you need a closer. There's some guys mm-hmm. who are really good at, like, setting it up, putting the information, but you need a closer. You need somebody to close the deal. I feel like James Jones just can't fucking close the deal. It's
1: tough. I think in two or three years, we'll know for sure. I think because that's our window, right? I think two or three years. I mean, Booker will still be good by then. And someone just said, yeah, Booker is injury prone. uh, So who knows how how long he'll last. But um, if if we were to go two or three years into the future, it would actually kind of depend on this year and next year. And this year, for sure, the trade deadline, we need somebody. But the thing is, if you're looking at this team now and the way that they've just been playing well, well, everybody off the bench, and now you're getting guys back, um, we did beat the, the Grizzlies, you know what I mean? But the way the NBA and is the right Mets. now. Yeah. And anybody can be anybody right now. And I just think that, and I'm just saying during the regular season, I'm not talking about going into playoffs. Like, Oh yeah, these matchups don't matter, but I'm just talking about the way the Suns are playing and how healthy they might get. And if they have this roster, it's looking pretty good right now. We don't even have Aiden. And th- that's the one thing I would or really Booker. worry about. Yeah, know. I'm just saying. But the one guy, other than you know, trading Jay for Rui, Rui would have been nice. But then I just feel like we have, we have, um, we, he's kind of smaller. He plays big. What is he like? Six six. He's he plays like power forwards, yeah. small forward. But
0: yeah.
1: he's like about the same size as like Tori Craig. And then we have Mikhail playing great. Cameron Johnson came back. So if you wanted a true power forward, I think it'd have to be someone bigger like Kyle Kuzma. So I think that's who they're trying to. I know Kyle is not a guy. Now that can be traded, supposedly. You hear so much bullshit, yeah. but I just think that after this trade deadline, even if Jones doesn't do anything, he's gonna hear a lot of shit. But I think Aiden's probably gonna be gone for sure. But just depending what we get back from him, but he's gonna get a lot of shit. But I just think that this team, healthy even without Aiden, is still pretty good. And I think Chris Paul's coming back to a little bit.
0: I do too, and and I'm not saying necessarily that I wanted James Jones to get Rui Hachimura. I just mm-hmm. feel like James Jones sits on his hands a lot. I mean, think about last yeah. summer, bro. What was last summer? Kevin, Durant, there, right? Kevin yeah. Durant, Kevin Durant, yeah. Kevin Durant. It's all we heard and nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And then you literally have an asset and Jay Crowder, who isn't with the team, is $10 million a year. And James Jones has done absolutely nothing. So we got a couple weeks to really see if James Jones has it in him to be an effective general manager when it comes to trading assets because he really hasn't shown that in his history he's traded for Tory Craig twice he got Aaron Holiday for cash considerations that's pretty much it like he was around for the CP3 deal but CP3 pretty much wrote that deal himself the way I look at James Jones is kind of like the guy in fantasy football that you play against who always has to win the deal right like it can never be an even deal with him he has to win the deal he's gonna trade you he's like listen if I'll, I'll give you Josh Allen, you know, but I want Patrick Mahomes and a running back. And it's just like, no, dude, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, okay, you know, and so it's like, that's consistently how I feel James Jones operates. He feels like he has to win every deal rather than win the deal that's going to help the team. And to your point, you're right. The team does look good right now. We're 24 or we're 25 and 24. We're 17 in the West. We've been injured. We're coming back. We're going to be healthy. The roster's constructed pretty good pretty close to what we think can be a, a team that can make a run, but there's still that missing piece. And there's always that missing piece with James Jones. And again, that's my challenge with him is that yeah. I just, I've yet to see him be an effective general manager when it comes to making trades.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough, but the whole KD thing sucked because of course the sons couldn't get a guy like KD. Um, I think it's, it's either two things like, either James Jones really believes in his young players and coach Monty to really coach these guys. Like he has with McHale um, McHale looks super good right now, but the other way you're going to go is like, okay, who are you going to trade for Katie? Just trade everybody, but Booker for Katie, who cares? Right. That's what a lot of fans wanted. That's what I wanted. I'm like, I just want Katie and book yeah. on one team. I don't care who goes. And it would have probably been Katie book and Aiden, but then also he, he might just believe in these players. He's like in the long run, I just want these guys, but from the outside looking in, man, you just want KD or, you know, or nothing. And right now we're not going to get KD and then trade deadline. We're going to probably trade Aiden for like a point guard. Maybe who knows? Just someone that's a future oh, point I guard. That's, that. I, I just
0: I don't, don't know what they're going to get with I, his value. I, guy I, I don't I don't see it because James Jones doesn't make any splash moves. He handcuffs himself. So he, you know, he's like, I want one guy. He's like, I want KD. And they're like, oh, you want KD? Okay, cool. Then we're going to try to get everything we can from you. He's like, oh, shit. I shouldn't have told him how much I want KD. So, yeah. So there's going to be no big splash moves come from James Jones. It'll be fringe at best. And if Jay Crowder, here's a question for you. If Jay crowd is still a member of this team after the trade deadline, like what do you do? Do you be like dude report to work? Cause I would love to just trade. How does him. that work? I don't How know. How does it work? I don't he's know. Not
1: gonna, he's not going to, he's not going to be a son anymore.
0: Like they like, so what do you think? Of J- well, I'll, I'll ask this question after a word from DraftKings Four for NFL teams two conference championship games and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot on an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. We're really looking forward to that AFC Championship game between Burrow and Mahomes. Should be a hell of a tosser. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet five dollars on the conference Championships and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. New ad. Do
1: you have family come over uh, overseas or something? Did do the <laughs> ad or what? I don't know. <laughs> like, I was trying to. I was doing the ad
0: earlier and like my voice. Dude, just that wasn't, was so good. So I just I went English on it or whatever the hell it was. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, so watching the Suns play the Hornets tonight, Jaden McDaniels is a name that the Phoenix Suns have been linked to. He's somebody who we saw tonight, Mm -hmm. number six for the Hornets, can shoot the three ball okay, has some length, has some athleticism. I would love nothing more to send Jay Crowder to fucking Charlotte.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's not. not (laughs) No, I'm just. I thought you had a little bit more. Sorry, I thought that was a pause, and then he had something else. It doesn't matter. Jay going to, Jay going to Charlotte. It's probably because Jay doesn't want to or something. The thing is, I think Jay kind of has a little bit of an input here. He probably does.
0: Which which is bullshit if he does. I know, but I was thinking about that today.
1: Yeah, but if if we think that that he hates his sons and he probably does, right? I think they might still be a little civil in the back, just like kind of. Working together to get this thing done. It's like, all right, well we want to still send you somewhere, right? Cause you're going to talk a lot of shit about us when you leave, but we don't want to be like, Oh, we're going to dump you in some place. And that's how we treat our players. I think it has still something to do with, we want you to still kind of be on the contender. And that's why it's taking you so long. Right? I mean, if they hated each other and they, they weren't talking to each other, maybe you just send Jay to wherever, but I really do think that they kind of are working together on this. And that's the only reason he hasn't gone anywhere.
0: But this goes back to why I don't think James Jones is an effective general manager. If this is true, what you're saying, if mm-hmm. he's trying to save face, if James Jones is trying to be like, listen, I get that something happened somewhere and you're not happy, Jay Crowder. So I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the solid GM and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on, on a contender. If that's what you want, if you want an opportunity to showcase to the rest of the NBA that you are worth another major deal that's north of eight figures, then you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Then shame on James Jones for that. That's how I, I feel, I, I truly feel. It's mm. you, you can't do that. You can't do that. I love Jam says what? Fuck Jay. Blaze Megatron. Fuck Jay Crowder's input. I agree with all of that. They, yeah, of it, course we do, because we're fans. Yeah, but at the same time. We hate time, Jay. But but no, we don't hate Jay. We hate what he's doing. We hate what he's done. We I hate that like he's him. he's a distressed asset. I hate that he's a distressed asset. He goes somewhere else if as long as it's not a, a team that I that we are competing against. Like if he goes to Dallas, like I'm going to hate him, but if he goes to the East somewhere, or he goes to Charlotte, which would be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to root for him. Much again, like Kelly Oubre, things like You're gonna that. Root for him. If he's playing in Charlotte. Yeah. They've have, they've won 13 games. Yeah. But you know? I've never had a Boss player like it. this
1: ever hold out and then do this shit. I just think from a fan's perspective, we say, yeah, fuck him." Of course. I just don't think it's really, I know this tweets too. They suck but I just think he's just waiting to actually unleash on us what's really happened. So I don't know, man. It'll be interesting.
0: It'll be interesting to hear what happens. But again, I go back to the James Jones conversation. And if James Jones is working with Jay to get him to a place he wants, then he's a bad general manager. He shouldn't be doing that. It's it's business, right? It's business. Everybody said Mark Stein put out a piece and said, Jay Crowder is hurting his own and has hurt his own ability to be a viable contract that anybody wants to bring in a viable asset, because they're not sure if he's in shape enough. They're not sure if he's ready to compete right now. We're in the middle of a season. All of a sudden, Jay Carter, Jay Crowder played his cards and he failed. And perhaps I'm wrong on this. And James Jones isn't working, but again, it might come to the fact that James Jones is like, listen, I got a $10 million player. I want $12 million worth of return on it. And again, I just, until Jay Crowder's actually traded, I've lost a lot of faith in James Jones until that moment occurs. And that's just me personally. I just think that he hasn't closed a major deal since he became the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. Has have the Phoenix Suns had nothing but success during the James Jones era? Yes. Is it directly due to him? No. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, he brought in the right coach. There CP3 was an excellent bring in, but again, CP3 traded himself to Phoenix <sighs> after the bubble.
1: I know this is tough though because we've been so good. Like our team's been so fucking awesome and he's put it together. Um
0: but has he? I
1: yeah, I mean it's been there. He's capable. he's did kept he draft it together. Devin Booker? No. Did he, he did draft Mikhail draft. Bridges? No, did he gra- did he Johnson. draft Cam Johnson? Yeah, sure he did.
0: No, yeah, he, he drafted Cam dra- Johnson. No, he, he was the assistant GM at the time. Yeah, but he
1: had an input, right?
0: Yeah, I'm sure he had input, but he might have been the wrong guy in the room. I heard Yeah, he, he might
1: didn- suck. Who knows, dude? I don't know. I don't know. He, this is talking about.
0: He drafted Jalen
1: Smith, who, uh, yeah, that was fucking stupid. Who, uh, who do you think's gonna get traded first, though? Jay, Aiden, or both at the same time? It'd be team? Jay,
0: hundred percent. Jay. 100% DeAndre Jay. Aiden, DeAndre Aiden's not going anywhere. He's not He'll going be anywhere. Here. He'll be what
1: he wants to be. He'll just be the fourth piece on offense. We just won't worry about it, right? Yeah,
0: precisely. Uh, until and, until the end of this season. Now you asked me that same question in the off season. It, it will DeAndre Aiden be traded? It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes because he has value on the market. It's not much, but he has value on the market. And if, if James Jones can play his cards, right. If he doesn't become that fantasy football manager who wants, you know, $3 for the dollar that I'm sending you, maybe we can get some good assets for Deandre, Aiden. but I don't think Deandre, Aiden, One, yeah. he's got a he's got a veto clause in his, in his contract at the trade deadline, which might not mean anything. He might want to go somewhere. Right.
1: Yeah. And just really quick, I don't understand. How do we go from, uh, James Jones and Monty, we trust them. They're awesome, right? And then also we just, we hear things and we're just like, why the fuck aren't you doing that? Like things are just put out there on Twitter and and just even Mark Stein will just say shit. It never comes true. All these trade scenarios, they're happening. They're happening behind the scenes, but they're never going to actually 100% happen. There's only like one thing that might, it just talks. I just, I don't know how we all go from James Jones sucks or James Jones is awesome. And I know he he traded, he drafted Jalen Smith or whatever, but our team's been fucking good with him. So that's all, that's all I can say. He's kept all, it together the best he all, can.
0: All I can say, and, and you're right there, and you're right. And, and I put a tweet out a few weeks ago when the Suns were going through their losing streak, and I said, anyone who wants to fire James Jones and Monty Williams is an idiot. Yeah. And 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 I agree with that. All I'm saying is, you know, as a fan, I'm critical of James Jones for his lack of action, and that's consistent throughout his career. True. Who did we get at the trade deadline last year? We got Tory Craig back, and we got Aaron Holiday for. We also thought we were going to win a
1: championship, though. <laughs>
0: like we were the favorites to win. So that's, exactly. Yeah. What about the What about the previous season? Who did we get? <sighs> what? Tory Craig. His, Tory Craig's brother, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tory yeah. Craig. Yeah. Story. <laughs> no, I I know Terry the history. Craig. I know the history. But that's I'm what I'm just... saying. Like, as you start to, in the moment, you look at it, and and we remember we had podcasts. we were having that conversation before where we're like, we need a Javale McGee type. Right, we needed Gorgie Jang type. We needed a big as we marched into that playoff uh, run that ultimately landed us in the finals. And ultimately, after Dario Sarge went down, not having that potentially could have cost us a championship. Yeah. So yeah. in the moment, and then you start to expand that history out a little bit, and you're starting to you, you take a look and you go, "Man, this guy doesn't do much." You're he right. Doesn't do much. Even the McGee, it's like we had to feel
1: like a chance to get McGee, and just depending on what he's what he's asking for him, like McGee would have been perfect that first run. Yeah. Like he would have been a perfect guy to have. And he man. ended we up got in him Denver. Up. We got him too late. Yeah, I know. Like that was the one guy I thought we we're going to get. Cause I remember Chris Paul talking with them. Like, Oh, we're going to get McGee at the trade deadline to happen next year. But I just, I wonder what the hell James Jones is doing. I, I do. I just, I don't know right now. I just don't know.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's a bad
1: answer, but I just don't know. Well, but,
0: and the, the reason I bring up this conversation is, you know, we're in like the 10th hour, right? Like, if the 12th hour is February 9th and that's a trade deadline, we're in the 10th hour. We've had 10 previous hours to sit there and go, what's going on with Jay? What's James Jones going to do? Let's look at this guy. Let's look at this guy. Let's look at this guy. And like nothing has happened. And you're right. A million conversations happen and a lot of things fall through, but it always seems like the sun's never do anything. And I don't know. And I'll, I'll end this with this with where I began. I don't know if it's simply because James Jones is a bad closer when it comes to deals if he just doesn't have the ability to sell somebody on what he's trying to give up, you know, he might tell too much of the truth. He's like, dude, Jay's a great guy, but in the locker room, his feet fucking stink. I'm just saying no big deal. And everyone's like, dude, we don't want a smelly footed Jay Crowder in our locker room. Fuck. We're not making this deal. Let's get Rue, Let's send Rui Hachimura <laughs> to the Lakers. So whatever. Let's talk about the point God or something to change it up. Score. Coming back to this game against the Charlotte Hornets, one twenty-eight to ninety-seven, Phoenix Suns win the game. Chris Paul, twenty-seven minutes played, which I love to see, fourteen points, eleven assists, six of nine from the field, two of three from beyond the arc, and it all happened primarily in the in the second half. First half, he was working on the distribution. He really wasn't engaged in trying to score. He was letting he, he was allowing his fellow teammates to cook in that first half. He was only one of three. He had five assists. He had two points. But it was the second half in which we saw Chris Paul really flex his might. He was five of six from the field in the second half, had 12 points, six assists, and only played 12 minutes, Matthew, which I like to see.
1: Yeah, dude, he's looking awesome. Blaze Megatron does say point guard seems to have his outside touch again. Thanks well him. Uh, thank Willem. I don't know. Um, I think his shot is looking good everywhere. He had like such a weird hitch on it before he got hurt. Um, now it just seems so fluid. You even saw on his first shot his little like fade away in the paint over like the big defender. It looked mm-hmm. like the old Chris Paul from yes. last year. It just does. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna be amazing, but he just looks like last year's version right now. It's just it's him, and he just needs his running mate and Devin Booker to be complete. But right now he's doing his best to win these games. I know we're talking about Cameron Johnson, but Chris Paul has been fucking amazing, man. He it really he was, you know, he was thrown out in the freaking gutter, dude. A lot of people were like, he's trash. He was looking better before he got hurt. His yep. shot still looked weird. Even his three-point shot looked a little weird. Now he just looks like the oh Chris Paul, man, that shot looks good. And I trust it now. Because before, remember it would always bounce off the rim. He can never get to go down. If, if it did, it would always bounce in gently. But he was always hitting rim all the time. Now it's nothing but net, it looks like.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been smooth for sure. Absolutely. And Fabio's right. He goes, if Lissy moves his microphone a little bit to the right, it looks like CP3 has some weird hair. So why don't you move that microphone a little bit to oh, the yeah. right? <laughs> there we go. Look at it. Hold on. I'm going to take a picture of That's that. That's funny good, shit. Looks uh, like Marge you- Simpson, huh? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Smile, Matthew. There we go. I'll put that one on Twitter later. Uh, Thank you for listening to everyone who's listening. And you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, That's pretty funny. But no, you're right. His jumper's looking more smooth. He's in more control of the game. And I like that he's picking the spots. And this is the key. This is the thing that we talked about at the front end of the season was Chris Paul trusting his teammates and allowing them to do some of the facilitation to bring the ball up more. Because his usage rate last year wasn't astronomical, but it was higher than it needed to be, and obviously he petered out in the playoffs due to the sheer fact that he was old. Playing every other night in the playoffs at the level of intensity that the playoffs brings, it toasted Chris Paul, and something that we're going to have to consider when the Suns go to the playoffs this year. It's like, do you put him on a minutes restriction? Do you have him coming off the bench a game every now and then? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but what has happened in the interim is his teammates have gotten a lot more confident in facilitating the offense and being – the the distributors and being the ones who bring the ball up the court and he can pick and choose his spots offensively and that's exactly what we saw tonight the team was up big they're up by 30 points by halftime it was down to 11 they outscored the phoenix suns i believe 27 to 8 to end the second quarter and chris paul came out and he was the offensive force in that third quarter he came out he had a three he hit those hit started hitting those middies and all of a sudden that lead started to balloon back up, and you're like, you you know, you, you tip your hat, and you're like, "Thanks, CP3, I appreciate." <laughs> yeah, that.
1: thanks. And who's who is this sarcastic? He does look good. Nothing but that. That's funny, Matthew. This guy. Who is it? Michael Call? <laughs> yeah, Michael Call. I remember. I, so I I, I, I
0: met him at Marley's once. Did you? Yeah, that's the guy. Okay. Yeah, that's the guy right. I met at Marley's yeah, he's once. Been... He's a chef.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I think he's being sarcastic. He's your, funny biggest, tonight. he's your he's <laughs> your biggest not. fan,
0: man. He's your biggest fan. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick was Saban Lee and how he looked again tonight. And one of the things, so obviously bright make sure you check it out. Read a lot of my work there as well as some of my fellow writers. Every now and then Matthew will go on and he'll write a five word article and it's just an eight and it's a bunch of equal signs and then a big D after it. You're like, that's I'll just the record a fart and put it on there. Yeah. And it's like, Those check out this best. article. Record of farts. <laughs> Uh, But one of the things I talked about in the preview was it'd be interesting to see how Monty Williams was going to navigate the minutes for the backup point guard position because we've seen plenty of Saban Lee, as we talked about in the last podcast, which makes sense. He's on a 10-day contract. You want to kind of get the most out of him that you can. And once again, it was Saban Lee who was getting the backup minutes. Uh, He ended with 21 minutes. That's simply because he played the majority of the fourth, but had six assists and looked really good in this game. And I like, I'm continuing to be surprised and pleased with what I see from Saban Lee. Yeah.
1: You I mean, know, last, last pod, jersey. last pod I was uh, talking about, you know what? He might just be fizzling out. Defenses might figure him out. They were actually doubling, double teaming him tonight, early in the game, uh, second quarter just because it was blown out, they're trying to make him like, just make a pass, just make a mistake. Right. Kind of like um, what the Cowboys should have done with that um, rookie quarterback, you know, just have him make the mistake. But then, yeah. yeah, Prescott does it. Lee didn't make the mistakes really. I mean, he had, he had three turnovers or how many Um uh, one turnover, one turnover. So the six assists, he looks good. It, this is getting really interesting now with him in Washington Jr. Cause Washington only had the six minutes uh kind of kind of like the meaningless eight points you know what i mean but
0: yeah he got his shots up in his six minutes you got to give him that
1: yeah he did um he's trying to prove his point too but i like what monty's doing here because you got to see what you have in Saban lee i know that chris paul's back campaign might come back then you have Shammit coming back those minutes are gonna be crazy i don't know what they're gonna do and i don't know who's gonna be traded but maybe Shamit. they see maybe yeah you know what that would be nice It'd be nice to see what Sabin Lee has just so we can have that as a backup. If some, because there's some of these guards are going to get traded one or two. There's so many of them right now that when Chris Paul comes back with Cameron Payne, we still like Cameron Payne. He's still going to be with us, I feel like. Or maybe he'll be traded too. We just got to see what we have saving Lee. I don't know if he's a playoff player yet, but it'll take some time to figure that out. And I still don't know how many more 10 day contracts can he have. Is it three in a row or something like that?
0: I always thought it was two. I thought Is it was just two. two? And then, then you had to sign him to a two way. Okay. That's what I thought, but someone in the chat could probably tell me. Yeah, I'm they'll wrong. know. Jampsers, you know just you always know. Biz. 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 Oh my God. Just real quick before we get to the subreddit Stakeout, uh, Biz Mac Biombo, oh, 31 minutes played. He was three or six from the field, had six points, had nine rebounds, had four assists, had five fucking blocks, Matthew. He was an enforced mm. against his old team tonight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, subreddit Stakeout, too. There's some talk about him you know he uh
0: wait to hear this
1: oh yeah it's aggressive dude, that stakeout sucked man i was sitting there and i fell asleep like five times or <laughs> is there anybody on it there was, there was like the uh, same guy so over re- and over i refreshed the comments like every 30 minutes and go through yeah i refreshed it like an hour later and it was still like maybe five more comments since then Jeez. so you know not right now there's not a whole lot of chit chat um but do Bismack his blocks are just getting out of control he just sets a tone and what i love is i was talking about his shot and he kind of seemed like he was you know hesitant with it he was kind of scared to shoot because he was missing some shots and he was taking his time down there just not kind of getting out of his spot yeah night though dude like his first shot he missed went to go grab the rebound got right back to where he was and put it in like he seemed a lot more confident in that if he can be that it's it's awesome because defensively he. It's just, he's a menace. He's just crazy. He's like a bigger Kogi out there. Like those two together when they're out yes. there, it's just mayhem. You're going to get a lot of blocks. You're going to get a lot of steals, a lot of blocks. Akogi loves the blocks. He loves to come from behind. He'll wait. Oh, he'll yeah. give you a five-second head start, and he'll just come down there and swat your shit. So those two are fun to watch. Bismack looks amazing, and he's starting right now for the Suns.
0: Yeah, I, you know, again, it's maybe time for that conversation. Let's do it. Let's, you know, it's uh, with Bismack playing the way he is. And I know this is a stupid conversation because this always happens. Every time Aiden goes out. Yeah. yeah. The Suns play well. We're like, who needs fucking Aiden? (laughs) And you look at, like, we we have a four-game winning streak. We beat the Nets. We beat the Grizzlies. Uh, Who needs fucking Aiden? (laughs) The only thing with Aiden
1: is this offense just flows better. Like There's not a lot of hiccups. I think with Aiden, there always was. They got into that thing where they're going to try to feed him and see what they can have with him and see if he can facilitate. When it was mainly just him, it was very difficult. Of course, Cameron Johnson wasn't back, but it was very hard to go through Aiden on the offense. Now, it's just like ever since he's been out, it's kind of like you forget he's on the team kind of. and A lot of fans are saying get rid of him. I don't mind if he comes back and he's our starting center and he's just that fourth, like I said, fourth or fifth option. I don't mind now. I don't really care anymore. And I never really did. I just want him to play hard. We still need Aiden back. Um, These guys, they can't hold up. I think Aiden definitely can, unless he's just sitting out, but dude, he hasn't been seen. He's been out for four games or is this his third game? Third game in a row. Third. Yeah. Third game in a row. And we've looked good offensively and we played in this shitty team tonight, but it just it looks so much better. The shots, yeah, we're hitting the three, but it's because the way we pass the ball around, the way we're hitting these guys in stride, it's like it just looks like it's going to go in right away. I don't know what to do with Aiden. I know he's probably going to be traded eventually, but I still think we need some starting center, a guy like him, but maybe not. I don't know. What do you think?
0: There, there's a couple things to remember when it comes to DeAndre Aiden. One, he's highly valuable in the playoffs, Bismack Biombo in the playoffs becomes a pigeon. The opposition will simply run high screens to get him isolated on a guard, and then they'll just destroy us. So you have to remember that. So Bismack, as great as he's been playing, 11-1 and 1, the Phoenix Suns are when he starts. 11-1, and 1, that's fucking crazy. I think that's what – I don't know if that stat's correct, but one of our jamsters said it, so I pulled it up. Uh, but you have to remember that's just right. that. You have to remember just that. He's a great regular season center. On a night-to-night basis, he can do things like tonight. Five blocks looks fantastic it's against the sh- one of the shittiest teams in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton is highly flexible on both ends of the court in a playoff series. He doesn't get played off the court. Think of Rudy Gobert. You know, think of a lot yeah. of those, those, those bigs who literally get played off the court. So that's one thing to remember when it comes to DeAndre Ayton relative to Bismack Biombo. And the other thing you have to remember is you're paying this guy $30 million. So He's got to be out there, guys. You got a Jerry
1: Jones. You got to put him out there.
0: <laughs> you got to put him out there, even though you might not want to. And it, it but it, it brings up that question. It's like, well, if he costs 30 million, can't we just like get a center who's like a 15 million, use that other 15 millions on another shot creator again? It's like, it's so James
1: difficult, team. though. And no one really wants him. Um, I think his stock went down even more. When did you ever hear EJ when he went on the Ryan with podcast? We talked about Aiden,
0: no, but I heard, oh, I, I, it was heard, good. Tell me about that.
1: So, you would think like EJ and I talked about this before, but you would think EJ would defend him kind of, cause he goes on there. He talks about his sons. He loves his sons. Yep. And I thought he was gonna defend them, but he didn't. He said, um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they go to the next level. They want Aiden to go to the next level. And he's like, some guys just are good with where they're at. And he's basically, he's like, Aiden's just that guy. Yeah. He's, he's young. He's 24. Um, he won't know till later on, obviously. But right now he just doesn't want to go to the next level, and it'll take some more time with him, obviously, but they just know that he's not working to be that guy that we all wanted. And I think they've known that for three years now. So I think that's why we've seen him in like the third as a third or fourth option, is because that's just who he is. And every time we remember we come on the pod and just like give him the ball and stuff, you know what I mean? Like that. They just don't work with him that way. So he just talked about he he sounded like he was done with eight and two, you know what I mean? He's just yeah filler were just kind of done and I was I was shocked to hear EJ's talk like that about him. Aiden but...
0: Will True. want to go to the next level when he goes to another team. He'll want you know, to? Yeah, because that then he becomes like the you know the girlfriend scorned, right? Like I don't think, think he'll know, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Like I feel like if he goes somewhere and he feels scorned, that might be the motivating factor. But for a right. little bit, it'll for wear off. Bit. Though for a yeah. week, he'll play awesome, and then it'll. He wear just off. doesn't. He just doesn't have it in him.
1: He's happy with who he is him. and what he is. And James Jones told us that three years ago. We just had to listen.
0: Yeah, we still don't listen. And next time he plays, we we'll, we won't listen again. So <laughs> exactly. let's do some. Let's do some subreddit stakeout, shall we? The Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. I unmuted myself to cough. I've been coughing. <laughs> I've been coughing this whole podcast. It's like oh, me living yeah, on the mute dude. button, just like. Ugh, ugh. So apparently Matthew was hanging out in the Charlotte Hornets subreddit as the Unabomber tonight again. Yeah, again. So I Unabomber up. Ted Ted Kaczynski. What did you What did you see there? Dahmer
1: by day, Unabomber by night. So. <laughs> oh well, that's what. It, that's what uh, who's <laughs>
0: Duarte? Dan Duarte says that on the Aussie Suns fan podcast. He's like, Matthew's got a Dahmer vibe. Oh, is that who said it? I
1: think that's uh, who said it. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> no.
0: Hey, D- hey, uh, hey, Duarte! Do you want to go to Matthew's apartment?
1: Yeah, let's just hang out. Actually, let's, let's go to Applebee's. Out, watch some someone talk. Yeah, someone said that Monty and Nate need to go to Applebee's and talk things out. Let's go, let's go to Applebee's.
0: Get a few drinks, maybe
1: some line dancing or something. Um subred Stakeout. <laughs> so n- no way Biombo is starting for the Suns. What the fuck? You know, caught by surprise, I guess. Yeah. The horn is going to 3 0 run. Suns call timeout. Great call. Great call yeah. by, by Monty, man. 3-0 run. <laughs> Longest run the
0: hat all night. This is
1: Brick City. Uh, not sure I'll make it past the first half. A lot of that. There actually wasn't a whole lot of comments, so I don't even know if I was in the right place. But there was nothing. <laughs> uh, despite former Hornets legend Bismack Biyombo being on a triple-double watch, the Hornets are only down 11, as expected. Was he did Was he close to a triple-double? I know you read off his stats, but I was like,
0: No. Well, they're they're. I think about they were just joking around. Well, yeah. it was
1: nine. Yeah, nine. It's,
0: he had okay. six, five, and nine, but five was the blocks. Okay. Get five blocks before the half.
1: Okay. What do you do when Plumlee is your best player? And then, (laughs) uh, man,
0: Plumlee was still in the league.
1: I know. I feel like he's been on that team for 10 years. Almost. Um, man, DSJ's jumper is broken right now. Dennis Smith Jr. Man still balling out there. Yes.
0: Dennis Smith Jr. Was on the team. I was like, Oh man, that was a conversation back in the day. Right.
1: Those were the days, dude. And that's all I have
0: from subreddit stakeout. Wow. Really, uh, yeah, we have better luck going Applebee's. The Sun's Jam Session. Subreddit Stakeout. All right, Jamsters. Let's Jam, start. jam Star it. Jam of the Game. Here's your reminder to subscribe, rate, and review, and all that fun stuff. Uh, Matthew, I think I went first last time, so... Let me know who's your jam. Part of the game. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna give it to Sarge. I think we let off the pod
1: with Sarge. Cameron Johnson yeah. was amazing. He was 24 points, 16 in the first quarter. Yeah, um, ridiculous. I'm gonna give it to Sarge because he may never get it again, and uh, Cameron Johnson <laughs> will get a lot more, dude, for sure.
0: Everybody in the chat, for the most part, is giving it to Cam. Uh, I'm gonna go Dario. I literally went and changed my shirt to put on a Dario shirt simply to celebrate the fact that that he had such a great, great game. So I'm giving it to Dario. So that's that's two for Dario, two for Dario. Next up for the Phoenix Suns, Thursday, 8 p.m. We're playing the Dallas Mavericks. The City Edition jerseys will be out in force. The Mavericks, Matthew. Here we go again. The mm-hmm. Dallas Mavericks. So take a look at this team. Ups and downs, you know, kind of as per usual. Currently, they're 25 and 24. Uh, just like the Phoenix Suns. You know, the Phoenix Suns actually, with this win, jumped all the way to the fifth seed. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that <laughs> That's crazy? so
1: crazy, man. I mean, now, that being said,
0: they're ignored. tied with the Clippers. They're tied with the Mavericks. We all have the same record, but I believe it comes down to either conference record, which we're 19 and 13, or division record, where we're 8 and 0. So we're actually the five seed after this win tonight. And, and we carry the same record as the Dallas Mavericks into this game. Thoughts on this game against the Dallas Mavericks at home?
1: Um, It's interesting now because you see a lot of talk about Luca getting help. Uh, we talked about the Suns needing somebody at the deadline. Otherwise, James Jones is a piece of crap. I think Mavericks need it more than anybody. I don't think you can go into the to the playoffs with this team again, but it might be like an offseason thing, but they definitely need help with Luca. But then I was thinking that too. I'm like, Luca just ho- holds the ball way too much. And we talk uh-huh. about that all the time, but I don't know who can play with him other than like a it's guy tough. that just is a shooter. It's tough. It is really, really hard because – if you have another guy that can maybe play make and you put him beside Luca, he's not going to get the ball. Luca's stubborn with it, man. He doesn't yeah, want to it, do that. It, he it's, wants it's to win
0: historic. his game. It's historic how much he holds the ball, like historic. And and we talked about it during like the James Harden and Houston era, how that was very unconsumable basketball because his usage rate was like thirty five percent. Luca's higher than that. He literally just mm-hmm. holds the ball, tries to facilitate. And you're right, like unless you are a shooter who hits like fifty percent of your threes which doesn't exist, you're not going to be successful because you're just standing around watching him the whole time. Why have the Phoenix Suns looked good as of late? Well, they're moving the ball around. They're attacking the rim and they're rebounding. Dallas, they they have ups and downs because of streaky players. Now, that being said, it seems like every time we play the Dallas Mavericks, they turn into a team full of Steph Currys and Reggie Millers. Right? Like, I think this yeah. season alone... They're shooting like 44% from beyond the arc against the Suns in our previous two games. We've won one, we've lost one against them. In our previous two games, they're shooting 44% from beyond the arc. That's the key to success in this game, in my opinion, as it was in the series when we played them last year. Guard the perimeter. They can't beat you on the interior. Luka's going to get his. Guard the perimeter. Don't let their guys shoot 44%. I feel like we did a good job in both of those games this season against them. One, they just got really, really hot. There's nothing you could do on those days.
1: Yeah, and if you're physical down there, it's going to be interesting without Aiden, how Biambo and Landell? – I'm assuming Aiden – well, Aiden might be back, but if he's not back, it would be interesting to see Biambo, Sarge, and Landell how they play physical down there because he still needs some presence, just boards. Um, I'm interested to see that just because physicality is, of course, not Aiden's thing. So yep. maybe the thing is, you know, these two, these two dudes down there, they might make the difference. And, of course, you cover the edge, but – the way the ball moves so quickly, it's so hard to cover every, you know what I mean? Of course, man yeah. to man, but when they're pushing the ball and the guys are just like moving around the perimeter, it's really difficult. Um, well, their their
0: offense is all predicated on, again, Luka Doncic. He holds, he holds, he holds. Yeah. He, he switches, so he'll get beyond beyond the perimeter. He'll drive by him. He'll try to either get fouled Or as the defense collapses, he hits the open guy. It's like Jokic, right? Like either Mm -hmm. Jokic is going to beat you by scoring himself or he's going to dish it to the open guy. The difference is Jokic is always whipping the ball around. He never holds it long. Whereas Luka, it's like a microphone. And again, a stand-up comedian set, he's standing there holding the microphone for the entire time. So we'll see. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's it's strange. I don't know. We'll see. If they get anybody um, like a Kuzma, that might be... Someone that's that big. can make a difference, yeah. yeah,
0: because they're they're shot creators. Like that's why Spencer Dinwiddie has success in their offense at times because mm-hmm. he has the ability to become a standalone shot creator. That's what Jalen Brunson was. He was a perfect complement to Luka Doncic, and they're like, bye. So and like
1: that's why
0: Cuban Know he always does that. Cuban is always like, oh, I'm never going to mess this up again, and then gets away
1: a guy that's going to be an all star. You know what I mean? He does it every fucking time.
0: Every time, every time. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is: Did you see what the? NBA is doing for the all-star game relative to the rosters.
1: No, no. What are they doing? I didn't so
0: see so what they're doing is they announced today that TNT will air the 2023 NBA all-star draft as a new live pregame segment at the 2020 through 2023 NBA all-star game. So they're going to select the rosters right before they play. Oh, so it's literally cool. going to be like on the court. Kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know how they'll do it, but it's just like, all right, I pick you. I pick you. I pick and they just you, change jerseys? I guess. I think yeah, yeah. They, cool. they must
1: do it before warm-ups or something i think it's awesome yeah just have both ready uh that's yeah. really cool
0: that i mean it's cool? always
1: been awesome i think it's funny how like lebron's in the but i love them doing their teams and picking i love watching it i think this is like a step but up. now
0: it's going to be like schoolyard kind of stuff which i think yeah. is really kind of cool Re- instant reactions
1: from those players yes you see what they are like oh exactly. And then it's like the last player it's like oh shit exactly. and everyone's gonna lose their mind you're but, long,
0: like it, and you're just like shit man like, <laughs> yeah. like in utah nobody picked me the sad thing is there'll be no phoenix suns there so
1: That is depressing.
0: But yeah, there you go. I thought that was kind of exciting. And I had one other question, one random question. Bring it on. Is it crazy how many guys on the Phoenix Suns have a name that start with D? Evan Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Dwayne Washington, Washington, Damian Lee, Dario Saric. We're the big D team. We could have a starting five, everybody who starts with D. All Ds. D's. All Ds.
1: The big five Ds. Big five
0: Ds. There you go. Yeah, that's interesting. Random man. things I think <laughs> pick. So here's, right. here's a
1: here's a random thing. Blaze um, Mangatron says, "I let Lissy. I'll let I'd let Lissy babysit my kids." Um, so I was thinking it would be fun to play a game where it's like we put a picture of like Adam Silver on the screen, and be like, "Would you let this guy babysit your kids?" <laughs> Him and then like you know just like weird looking yeah. people that kind of look a little bit off, like Tom Brady. It's like, "Would you let this dude babysit your kids?"
0: Yeah, heck no, not Tom Brady. And just mason no, Plumley, no. mason Plumley, yeah He look weird i don't know he's got a long face i don't know it's like it looks like like you ever he's watch ninja big. turtles you remember like the foot clan
1: no no i, I no, used the, to watch but I the, don't the, the,
0: the foot the clan thing. used to have a logo on their forehead it was like a foot and like that's what uh-huh. his face looks like mason Plumley's <laughs> face looks like a foot
1: yeah well we should play that game <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. You set that up for the next podcast. All
1: right. <laughs> All right.
0: On that note, says we're going to go ahead and we're going to get out of here again. Thank you for hanging out with us after another Sun's victory tonight. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review. Follow me at Darth Voida. Follow me uh at Bright Side of the Sun. Read my writing there as well. You can follow the show at Sun's Jam on Instagram, Twitter and the TikTok. You can follow Matthew
1: and
0: he'll babysit your kids. So on that note, we'll see you on Thursday night, a little bit later, a little bit later, about eleven, eleven thirty start or ten thirty start, because uh, it's a late game. Uh, but we'll see you then, Jamster. So thanks for hanging out with us. Hit that thumbs up button.
1: Yep, hang in there and go home, little family. <laughs>